Are you the quantum mechanics? Yes, we are the quantum mechanics, the podcast for the believers, the doubters, and everyone in between. I'm really full. I won't lie, I'm really full. Yes, it's... uh, We've been uh, doing that line from Finding Nemo, but changing it to just keep eating, just keep eating. Oh, me too. It just didn't stop. I don't want to. Eat, I don't want to see cheese again. I don't want to see cheese again. Yeah, it's just trifle. I don't want to see trifle again. I never thought there were words I'd say out loud. No, we had a chocolate and orange trifle. Ooh. At half of it on Christmas Day, bought it back, and then couldn't fit it in the fridge because our cellar flooded. And oh, yeah. we're not posh, but we have got two fridges. Well, we did have two fridges, but the cellar. One broke in the flood, so we didn't have anywhere to put it, so I was forced to consume the rest of the trifle for yeah, breakfast. Well, it had to be done. Um, and I sort of regretted it the rest of the day because it was one of those really alcoholic ones. And for breakfast, that was a bit much. Yeah, we had uh, we had the classic sherry trifle. Yeah, it was quite alcoholic as well. Yeah. I, 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 the first three portions are incredibly tasty, and then you're a bit, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, I mean, this one... Uh, this episode is going to go out uh, on New Year's Day. I know we're recording it slightly before, but um, we both got a hangover, so <laughs> we feel like it's New Year's Day, right? It does. Yeah, well, I don't even know what day it is. I mean, it's vaguely... Yeah. I know the sun came up. Sunk, well, barely. <laughs> barely, yeah. 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 Uh, oh, by the way, that um, that thing that happened to my partner's car happened again. Oh really? Yeah, I, I'm not suspecting. I don't know. I it doors might, open as well. Yeah, yeah, doors open, all the windows down. I'm suspecting less of a spook, more of a fault with some computer stuff, maybe. But, but I don't know. But it wouldn't open when you say open doors, as in unlocked or wide open. Uh, no, on like on the catch, as if they've been pulled. Oh, that's weird. But the alarm didn't go off. Nothing, so, t- nothing taken again. No, no. Spooky. No. Bit of a sod that it was raining, but... Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go... I'm going to start this episode, Ben, by going full Alan Partridge. Aha! Aha! So here goes. You too once said... I wasn't expecting that much Alan Partridge. That's fantastic. You two once said, all is quiet on New Year's Day. That may be true, but when it comes to the paranormal, the same cannot be said for New Year's Eve. What a segue. Yes, you'd like that. (laughs) Before we get into some stories, let's take a quick tour of some odd New Year's facts, traditions and superstitions from around the world. Would that be a good start? That sounds great. I kind of knew this, but I didn't realise... Well, there's one bit of this that I I was quite surprised at. So New Year's Day uh, has been a bit of a movable feast on the calendar. You're probably aware of that. Mm -hmm. For early Romans, New Year's Day was the 1st of March. Oh, I suppose... Is that a farming calendar thing, maybe? Yeah, there seem to be quite a number of reasons for it. You know, kind of... uh, equinoxes and various traditions but the one that really i was surprised at is the first of january being new year's day was adopted in england in 1752 was it yeah 
Now, that was 150 years after Scotland, and before that, it was March 25th. Wow. That's a... So... But we, were, but we still have the, the same calendar, right? January the 1st was still January the 1st. Yeah, I don't know how that works out, but yeah. But official New Year's Day was in March. I think for a lot of cultures, Western cultures, it was either the 1st or the 25th of March. And then I guess everybody tried to standardise it with the calendar and that's mm. what happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Scotland did it 150 years before us, which probably explains their more obsession with Hogmanay than yeah. probably the English. Yeah. And they get an extra bank holiday. They do, mm. yeah. And I think, talking to Scottish friends, they generally say Christmas is for kids, New Year's is for the adults. Mm. Yeah. Uh, now, we were talking about food a minute ago. I know we don't want to talk much more about food, but there are many food-based superstitions relating to the New Year. So I picked out my favourite because there are quite a lot. Did you know one of the superstitions is that eating lobster on New Year's Day is bad luck? I mean, <laughs> is it because you'd be so poor for the rest of the year? No, it's, it's, it's weirder than that. It's the fact, well, there are different theories, but the main theory is that it's because lobsters have the ability to move backwards. Oh, yeah, okay. So it's symbolising you need to be looking forwards on New Year's Day, so eating a lobster is seen as looking backwards. Right, right, okay. They are delicious, though. I told you these are quite random. This, <laughs> this is very one show I'm doing these. <laughs> I'm sticking with Partridge. Uh, I've got a random music fact for you. Have you heard of the composer called Jean Finet? Uh, no. No. Well, he premiered his musical masterpiece called Long Player on the 1st of January 2000. Now, there's a clue in the title of the song, Long Player. What's so special about this song is it will take a thousand years to perform. Of course. Now, apparently you can still hear it because it's obviously still going. It only premiered on year 2000. Trinity by a wolf. Uh, if you do a Google of that or long player, you can get a live stream of the song while it's still going. Have you listened to it? I, it's, it's, I think it's like, um, you know, those those kind of Buddhist things that you... you yeah. yeah. It's very like that, I think. But, you know, I, I've only listened to 30 seconds of it, not the whole thousand years, obviously. Right, right. So it's still the intro, really. It's still the intro. The song will finally be finished in 2,999. And do you know what they plan to do then? B-side? No, they're going to just play it again. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. That's... Well, just in case you didn't hear it the first time. Yeah, so if you wait around for New Year's Eve... At the stroke of midnight, 2,999, you will hear it end. I'll put it in my calendar. Yep. Let's move on to, because I, I talked earlier about dates and stuff and different cultures celebrating New Year's in different ways, even just the slight variations between Scottish and English. And many of you will have a drink in your hand at midnight on New Year's Eve, and I guess here it's usually something fizzy, right? Absolutely. But different cultures celebrate the bells in different ways. Let's start with Spain. 
where it's customary to eat 12 grapes. One for each stroke of the clock at midnight. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's to bring you luck for each month of the year to come. I like that one. Yeah, I like that one. That's cute. In Panama, they burn effigies of well-known people like TV presenters and politicians. Oh. No, no mention of podcasters, thankfully. Why do they do that? I don't know. I think it's their, probably their equivalent of, um, you know... Guy uh, Fawkes. Guy Fawkes, yeah. Yeah. They obviously hate TV personalities and politicians. Uh, in Brazil, South American countries and in Italy, people often wear special underwear for New <laughs> Year's Eve. <laughs> Red is the most popular colour. I'm a, I don't know what to say about you that. You don't know what to say. Have you got any no. red underwear for New Year's? I haven't got any red underwear. I don't think I own any red underwear. Mine's mainly blue. <laughs> yeah, well, you wouldn't fit in there then, would you? Um, in Colombia, many residents, this is weird, carry an empty suitcase around the block. To get rid of old baggage or something? Well, no, it's actually more positive than that. It's supposed to symbolise travel and new adventures for the year to come. That's cute. Yeah. It's probably also, if you're a serial killer, it's probably a good way of disposing of <laughs> Oh, my God, body. it's the perfect time, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm just, uh, just doing the tradition, walking around. <laughs> In Denmark, they throw plates and glasses against the doors of family and friends in an attempt to ward off bad spirits. What, to break them? Yeah, they literally oh. throw, a, throw a glass. So if, if somebody throws a glass at your door, here, you've either really upset someone, Ben, or you've got Danish friends. It's one of the two. <laughs> it could, could be both. <laughs> this is my favourite. In Greece, an onion is traditionally hung on the front door of houses on New Year's Eve. I guess nothing to do with vampires. No, nothing to do with vampires. <laughs> this is even weirder. On New Year's Day, children are often woken up by their parents hitting them on the head with an onion. <laughs> <laughs> um, very, I oh, mean... Can you imagine that with a hangover? Yeah, but they're children. Yeah, but I mean, you know... Just no. to, if you're a parent, you've got to get an onion out. You've got to bash it on your kid's head on New Year's Day. And then make a bolognese? Yeah. And I, apparently it symbolises rebirth. Uh, how does no, I, I'm not quite sure how an onion symbolises rebirth, but no, I'll go with it. The many layers. Or I guess you can plant it and it'll grow again. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, that's enough of that. I want to get into some stories, if that works for you. That sounds great. I've got about three stories, which I'm going to go through. Uh, I've got these from various places. Uh, one of the, Some of them are from a place called Haunted Journeys website and blog. Uh, they've got more interesting paranormal stories on their site, not just New Year's Eve ones. So that's journeys hauntedjourneys.com if you want to check them out. Um, now, we know many of you will have undertaken, let's say, more cultural pursuits this New Year's Eve, you know, not just getting drunk and partying hard. You know, some people like a bit of culture, don't yeah. they, on New yeah. Year's Eve? And I guess some of our audience may have even gone ghost hunting. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a popular time. And, uh, I mean, you've missed it for this year, but for next year it may be worth thinking about this location. 
It's the Agora Theatre and Ballroom in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, yeah. I, I just I can't help but think of Spinal Tap. Though. <laughs> Hello, Cleveland! <laughs> <laughs> Any excuse to do that joke. <laughs> so let's talk a bit of history of this place. So the Agora Theatre and Ballroom. In 1910, the venue was known as the Metropolitan Theatre and it was a cinema. In the 1950s, it was renamed the Agora and it became a live music venue and theatre. Now, some illustrious people have played this venue. Elvis Presley played there. The Beatles played there. But weirdly, it's more famous for one of its supernatural performers. The Agora Theatre is a real treasure trove of paranormal activity and it often runs ghost hunting tours on New Year's Eve. Many go in search of a spooky man in a yellow raincoat who is said to haunt the theatre. Now, I did try and look at a backstory because you think yellow raincoat, there's got to be a backstory here. But yeah. I, I couldn't find one. It's just that's what people have seen. It's a, it's a guy in a yellow raincoat. Right. Uh, he's been seen on the stage of the theatre while people have been performing, which I always like that. We mm. did that in our haunted theatres one, right? He's been seen floating about the catwalks. <laughs> floating. Yeah. And also in many of the viewing galleries. What he really doesn't like and gets very annoyed at is if an audience is breaking theatre rules or not giving the performers the respect that they deserve. He will often appear giving the offending audience member a disparaging look or a scare. <laughs> a disparaging look from a floating man. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like, I like his... I like his motivation, though. If you're not respecting the artist on the stage, he's going to chip up. Although I suppose if you are a ghost hunter, that might encourage you to, you know, get your mobile phone out and misbehave a little bit, maybe, just to see him. He probably gets that, though. He probably... He knows when they're putting it on. He knows what's going on, yeah. Well, a psychic who visited the theatre said the man in the yellow raincoat's name was John. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I read that and I thought, a psychic has said his name's John. That sounds a bit cold reading to me, doesn't it? Yeah, very much so. Do you know anyone called John? (laughs) (laughs) Other spooky activity at the Agora Theatre includes doors opening and closing on their own. It's pretty standard stuff, right? Again, I tried to search out the backstory of this, but there is none that I could find. There is mysterious bloodstains that appear and disappear in the theatre's basement. Ew. That's pretty spooky, right? It does suggest yeah. that some kind of murderous activity has gone on. Yeah, I would guess so. Uh, on one New Year's Eve, a couple of years ago, a ghost hunter described feeling splashes of cold water on the back of her legs. The paranormal investigator checked her tights, but they were bone dry. The same sensation of water being splashed on their legs occurred a few minutes later, but once again, the legs were perfectly dry. Now, apparently, while this paranormal investigator was here, this happened quite a few times, which would be... I found that more annoying. It's quite poltergeisty, that, isn't it? Yeah, water and poltergeist go together, yeah. Yeah. I mean... um, He's wearing a wearing a, a raincoat. Oh... Nice, yes. So, yes. Oh, let's make a backstory for the man. So, what about this? He was at the theatre. He'd seen an amazing thing. Maybe the audience was disrespecting the performers and he stormed out. 
he slipped on the rain that was outside and somehow... And then ran back in, down to the basement. <laughs> yeah, OK. Uh, no, 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 to no, get go- help. To get help. Because of the wet... Yes. Yeah, that he was covered in, he accidentally touched a live mic wire. Ah. Although there wouldn't be blood. Was electrocuted <laughs> as he fell. <laughs> <laughs> he fell on a sharp prop that caused him to bleed to death on the floor of the basement. And as he went down, he went, my name isn't John, it's Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> that was our dog that wasn't a sound effect we put um yeah okay maybe our backstory needs a bit of work but i thought the agora was quite uh, i i did i wasn't going to make a whole episode of it but actually cleveland ohio has got a number of haunted locations it seems like a hot spot none of them none of the others were connected to new year's eve but i thought it might be a place we return to at some point yeah yeah so many of you will be travelling over the festive period and on New Year's Eve you may be staying in a hotel or guest house. It's a nice segue I'm doing here. You I'm see, very you impressed. Building. This you po- too once said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Travel lodges are cheaper. Yes. I'm trying to think of... Uh, <laughs> you can stay with or without you. Um, <laughs> this part of the podcast is the quantum mechanics version of a paranormal trip advisor. Here are a couple of locations, either to avoid or check out, depending whether you want to come face-to-face with a ghost on New Year's Eve. I do. Yeah, I might want to avoid it on New Year's Eve. Let's start with the Inn on Main Street Bed and Breakfast in Weaverville in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Though the owners of this beautiful-looking establishment, I, I had a little Google of it, it does look absolutely lovely, they deny that their B&B is haunted but there are multiple tales of strange paranormal activity reported by many guests, particularly on New Year's Eve. So this isn't one of those locations that people go for ghost huntings, it's just got this reputation. So I'll give you a brief history of the house. It was built over 100 years ago by a doctor, which I guess adds to the rumours that many people will have died in the house because it was his doctor's surgery and... And when the new owners bought the property, they were renovating it, turning it into a guest house. They found bloodstains under the tiles in one of the bathrooms, which had previously been used by the doctor as an operating room and lab, it says, which is pretty spooky in itself. Wow. Yeah. Lab? No matter what they did, they could not shift the bloodstains from underneath the tiles. They just tiled over them, basically. I don't like those persistent blood stains. I find them creepier than anything. Yeah, well, especially when it's got the history of being a operating theatre and lab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't say that on their, their, uh, their review. No. <laughs> Ghostly activity at the guest house seems to ramp up on New Year's Eve. Visitors have reported, this is weird, hearing pictures falling off the walls in their rooms, only to turn the light on and find that everything is how it should be. So Mm. no pictures have fallen, but they hear them falling, go, oh my God, pictures have fallen off the wall. No. There are also reports of the property's back door mysteriously opening and closing. There have been 10 separate entities sighted at the house, including ghostly men, women, children, Native American spirits, and this one I thought of you, this will interest you, 
and a white dog. Oh. A ghostly dog. We've been looking for one of those. Oh, we have, yeah. Now, there's no, again, the, apart from the backstory that I've got, this seems to be just a normal B&B where the owners are not really hamming up its paranormal potential. They're almost playing it down, but multiple people have reported weirdness, especially on New Year's Eve. Wow. I wonder why. Yeah, it's odd. Yeah. Well, let's move on to uh, another location that you may or may not want to stay at. Uh, We have a tragic tale from the Drake Hotel in Chicago. This one, Ben, I read it and I put it in because it... I'll see if you agree. It feels a bit like The Shining. It's got a bit of The Shining Mm. to it to me. This is also from Haunted Journeys. Uh, I'm going to read it out from what they say because they actually have written quite well. So on New Year's Eve 1920, the Drake Hotel celebrated its opening night with much glamour and tinsel. It was both magnificent and tragic. It was magnificent because the Drake was to be one of Chicago's most beautiful and celebrated hotels. It was tragic because, according to legend, it was the night that the woman in red ended her life. On this day, a man and his fiancée, who was clad in a brilliant red silk gown, I think that's the fiancée, not the man, (laughs) might have been, Um, they attended the gala held in the Drake's Gold Coast Room. The man stepped away and did not return, so his fiancée went looking for him. You can probably guess what's coming next. I fear so. She found him, says here, enthralled by other women. Enthralled? In the palm court parlour. The devastated woman climbed to the roof of the hotel and jumped to her death. There was no need for that. There was no need for that. Since then, guests at the Drake have reported seeing her apparition in the Gold Coast room, Palm Court, on the top 10th floor, as well as the roof. She's condemned to replay, condemned to replay her final night. Her restless soul wanders, attempting to find peace with the final tragic chapter of her life. In addition to spontaneous phantom appearances in her red garments... Workers and guests also get a creepy, uncomfortable feeling in the ballroom. <laughs> uh, yes. Now that, now, that might have been from her fiancé, because he does sound like he was a bit of a groper. I'm not sure that was her. <laughs> yeah, when you say enthralled. I, I've seen a few ghost hunting videos around this place, and it does seem quite active. Yeah. And do you know what I mean about the kind of feeling of The Shining? I do, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if in some ways it may have influenced that because, you know, I know that I know it's not exactly The Shining, but that idea of the the large hotel with the different rooms and things being replayed, I thought it was very, very. Yeah, shiny. yeah, moments in history coming back to life. Yeah, yeah, there are there are some good, like you said, it is a very active place, and there are some great books about that hotel. So. Uh, if you do a bit of a Google check out on it, you can. There's some, there's more detail about that hotel that's uh, that that has numerous. We could have done a whole episode on it, but I thought it was interesting because it's one of those where the events are said to have started on New Year's Eve and continued afterwards. Interesting. I wonder whether it's something to do with like the energy in the place gives them food, as it were, feeds the the apparition because it's so active on New Year's Eve. 
Yeah, I wonder as well. It's interesting when we did the Christmas one last week, and I think we said it on that episode, there is this feeling of you being out of your comfort zone, out at a different time of night on New Year's Eve, few tipples, bit open for stuff. You know, you're in many ways you're less stressed because, you know, you've got, you haven't got work the next day for yeah. most people. So yeah. I wonder if there is something around that. Yeah, it makes sense. It does make sense. Because then you get into that kind of almost that tulpa thing that we were talking about last week where maybe you create something. Yeah, that's right, you do. And I guess maybe lots of people having thoughts about sort of hopeful things, maybe there's a positive energy. I don't know, that's not yeah. exactly a tulpa, but... Well, it's that maybe it ties into some of that stuff that we were talking about at the start, that not looking back, that moving forward, New Year's resolutions, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought that was very interesting. Actually, talking about New Year's resolutions, have you have you got any, Ben, for this year? Um, not really. I always start off thinking I won't eat so much. Yeah, I always kind of go for the real traditional. I'm going to kind of do more exercise and yeah. not eat much. But well, there is a survey that says that eighty percent of people's <laughs> New Year's resolutions are broken by February the first. So. Well, that's because I live too close to Burger King. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's talk about parties, shall we? Because that's such a big part. Very of much. New yeah, Year's yeah. Life, right? yeah. It um, is a party, yeah. Now, I, it was funny because I was thinking about this. You know, we like, many of us will be attending a good party on New Year's Eve. But you would think with all those people and the noise you wouldn't expect a party to be the natural home for a ghost, would you? Because they don't like that noise, no. you know. I mean, we've seen it when we've been on ghost hunts and, you know, people are kind of clapping their hands and making noise to drive them away. Yeah, yeah. Well, for one woman and her partner in the US, an invisible spectral guest did gatecrash their New Year's Eve party. Oh, wow. Which I, and I found this astonishing that that would happen. But the paranormal activity started when a number of objects suddenly disappeared, only to reappear a few minutes later in the exact spot that they'd gone. People noticed this all night. <laughs> oh, how fun. That, it's quite cute, isn't it? It's, yeah. almost, it's almost like a party trick. Yeah, yeah. Um, as the party... This is funny as well. As the party progressed, multiple people reported that while they were chatting an invisible man's voice would join their conversation. What? Loudly yelling, Right! <laughs> what, like agreeing with them? Yeah. Right! <laughs> oh, not a direction, but just like, No, yeah. no, yeah, right, right, right. Just really enthusiastically when they agreed with something. But it was, it was an invisible spectral voice. So there was various conversations going on at the parties and a number of people said, well, I was in this conversation. Did you hear that person shouting out? It was just amongst us, but you couldn't see them. That's so bizarre. Yeah. It gets weirder. Nearly all the guests at one point could hear someone coughing in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when they finally opened the door, no one was there. And you can, you can see this because it's like... I, don't, I always find this at parties. I hate that queue for the toilet. You, mm, oh, yeah. You know when it's about four or five back and then somebody's in there for ages, probably because they've had too much to drink. If you heard someone coughing, that would yeah. be your, oh, yeah, they've also had a, you know, 
they're utilising the toilet in a different way than most of us would be at that point. Yeah, yeah. And you wouldn't go in, would you? You'd just wait. You'd go, well, there's someone in there. We'll have to you wait. Have to, even, yeah. even if there's no lock on the door, you'd wait. But, yeah, so they did. They waited because they could hear this person coughing in there. Open the door. No one in there. But this happened to multiple people on multiple occasions all throughout the night. That's um, That's very cool, actually. I really like that. And after the party, all the paranormal activities cease and the couple have never had any other strange experiences in that house. It was like literally a ghost had gate-crashed their New Year's Eve party vibes, coughing in the bathroom, joining in in conversation and, yeah, generally causing mischief by moving stuff. I love that. It's good, isn't it? That's really good. I, it started me thinking... Um, I wonder if that spirit had just had a few too many spirits on New Year's Eve and just wanted to have a party, right? Yeah, it wasn't like a dead friend of theirs. or No, no there was no connection. It was literally like having a gatecrasher at your New Year's Eve party, but this was a ghost gatecrasher. Absolutely brilliant. I was wondering what a ghost favourite tipple would be. Uh... It's quite hard. Oh, oh, gin and tonic. That is good, actually. Yes. I know the classic is Goulade, but we won't go with that. Adnam's ghost ship. It's a little (laughs) bit niche, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've been to the party. Now I've got a spooky tale that happened on the way back from the New Year's Eve party. This one's uh, from a Reddit user who said they had a chilling encounter with a zombie-like creature on the way back from a New Year's Eve party. A zombie-like creature? Yeah. Which country are we talking about? This is in the States again. Okay. Our protagonist and a friend left what seems to have been a great New Year's Eve party. They're on their way home at 2.30am and they encountered this strange zombie-like entity. The writer says, that's when we saw it, something that looked like a naked person but wasn't quite human, waddling down the street towards us. It moved as though it were half squatting, and because of this, its hands dragged along the ground as they hung limp by its side. Ew. I couldn't make its face, and Max, who was their friend who was with them, told me later he couldn't either. It was also making a throaty, gargling noise, as if it was almost choking on something. The two friends just ran as fast as they could away from this zombie creature. Um, I did wonder, though, Ben. 2.30am. Yeah. A gurgling creature, half bent over, dragging its hands along the floor, bedraggled... I mean, that's pretty much any of us coming back from a New Year's Eve party at 2.30. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was coming back from drinking some whiskey last night, not wearing any socks, because my cell is flooded and i got down to turn the pump on. And I was a bit bedraggled. Ooh. And I probably was making a... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I was explaining Shaun of the Dead to someone who'd never seen it. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! He's got blood dripping down his body. Oh, oh no! That's strawberry jam from the trifle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you saw that though, 
I would, I'd be inclined to like go and poke it or call the police. I would, I think if I, if I was on my own, I get it. I might just run for it. But if I'm with a friend and the thing is like, you know, I, I guess it could be a trick though, couldn't it? You could get up close, a bit like a killer clown and it suddenly just pass, you know, leaps at you. If it's naked. It said half naked. I oh, think. half naked. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you can't really, yeah. Throaty gargling noises as if it was almost choking on something. Hmm. Oh, it looked like a naked person, but wasn't quite human, waddled down the street towards us. I'm not sure what wasn't quite human means. Um, I guess zombie is what they say. Yeah, zombie, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that seems more terrifying than having an invisible man come to the party. Yeah, yeah. I The strangest thing I ever saw coming back from a New Year's Eve party was a kangaroo. Oh. And in the UK. Like and, wild kangaroo. Well. It wasn't dressed up as Spring Hill Jack, was it? No. No, I was driving back um, about five in the morning. There was a kangaroo right by a phone box. This is, you know, before mobile phones. So I got out, phoned the police, who didn't believe me. And I said, <laughs> Course, no. New Year's Eve. It's here. I just seen a kangaroo. Yeah. They said, wait with it. I waited with it. It didn't seem in any hurry to go anywhere. I gave it some grass and it ate it. And then the policeman turned up and he said, oh, we thought you were having a laugh with us. <laughs> and um, he didn't know what to do either. So he put some cones around it, which... Um, <laughs> oh, well, that'll stop it. Well, to stop it getting run over, I suppose. Oh, I guess, and, right. then, um, and then he went, oh, I'll have to call somebody. And it was, I'm not sure who. <laughs> so he coned off a kangaroo about six in the morning on New Year's Day. In about 1993. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. You couldn't make that up, could you? No, no. But that thing of being scared, when I saw it in headlights, the first thing I thought was it was a big dog. Right. And then I saw it was standing up. And my brain didn't go to kangaroo. My brain went to, what is that? Did you go cryptid? Well, no, I thought it was... My brain said, oh, it's an Alsatian standing on its hind legs. Ah, and okay. then... As I got closer and it kind of did a little hop, I was like, what is a kangaroo doing in Oxford? That is so bizarre. Mm. What was it? Did did you ever find out what it was doing? No, I never did find out. No, no. And then another year, coming back from New Year's, uh, my mum lives quite out in the country and there's one long straight road to get to a village. I was charging down there and um, there was a man lying across the road and I thought, ah, this is a trick, I'm not going to stop. And as I drove past, I saw there was a bit of blood on him. I thought, oh, this is bad. And um, I then put my foot down to go and phone the police at my mum's house. So there's nothing I can do, I don't know first aid. And going down there, I hit a pheasant. And, oh, great. And I don't like killing stuff. But when I parked up the car, my car had pheasant blood on right. the bumper. Right. I thought, well, this is going to look bad. It didn't occur to me they could do DNA testing and realise I hadn't right, hit right. the man. So they might think, Yeah. Right. So, so when I phoned the police, I was like, there's a man lying in the middle of the road. I didn't hit him, but I have got blood on my car. And they, <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, okay. Were, were they, were you the guy who phoned about the kangaroo last year? <laughs> <laughs> they said, stay up and wait for us and we'll pop round. And then I was like, shall I go and wipe the 
blood off. No, no, I told them I had blood on the car. And before, I, like, I was fretting around the house, going, oh, my God, they think I ran into him. And, and I was like, no, God, I'll have to explain. It was a pheasant, and it seemed so unlikely. And then they came back past my house with the man in the back seat. He was just a drunk who'd attempted to walk back from Oxford. Wow. And I said, I've still got blood on my car, but it's a pheasant. And he just kind of gave me an odd look, and he was like, yep. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. The, I haven't got anything paranormal on New Year's Eve, but I do remember when I was kind of late teens, a few of us had gone down. I can't remember where we went. We went down to the coast somewhere and we'd been to a club and it was a, we tried to get a cab to take us back to the like guest house where we were staying. And uh, we couldn't get one. And so we thought, well, we'll walk. It was about four or five mile walk to where we had to go through country lanes. So we're all walking back and we ended up kind of, walking with these group of people who we didn't know, but just chatting drunkenly as you do. Uh, and then I was talking to one of them and we were just walking along, walking along, and mid-conversation, he just disappeared. What? <laughs> it sounds really paranormal. <laughs> He'd walk straight into a pond. <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah. He'd literally go, to God, it was like, what the hell? And then I got him... It's really deep, and he managed to claw his way back out, absolutely oh, drenched. Oh, that could have been dangerous. Yeah, absolutely drenched. It was freezing cold. We still had about two miles left to walk, but yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, not paranormal in any way, shape or form, but it was quite weird to just, your mid-conversation and somebody disappears in front of your eye. Oh, awful, awful. Well, I do hope that... Uh, everybody out there had uh, a good new year's eve uh, if you wanted to see something spooky i hope you saw it if you didn't i hope you didn't um and i hope you're just recovering and taking it easy on new year's day absolutely um we're now the books have started for all the episodes next year yeah we're gonna do some uh, some really good stuff this year i think we've got uh we've got a few things planned we're not going to give anything away at this stage are we no, I will tell you, I've got the most fascinating book that I've ever come across, and I'm going to be covering that. It's all about, um, well, I'm not going to tell you what it's about, but it's about things that you think are true, but absolutely aren't. And I love those. It's fascinating. Excellent. Well, look, we'll be back next week on the quantum mechanics with more weirdness, and uh, we'll see you then. And thanks for all your support yeah, uh, over the last you. year. We really, really appreciate it. And as we always say at this point in the podcast, if you can recommend us to a friend or review, that would be absolutely brilliant. That would be your New Year's resolution for us to pass us on to somebody else. But stay yourself as well. Well, yeah, obviously. obviously. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next Happy time. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye. the quantum mechanics.